So a few different places were tweeting about it this week, but this past week was the 54th anniversary of Terry Bradshaw going number one overall in the 1970 draft. I did some research about how he became the first round pick and didn't find much about like draft classes because, you know, there's it's 1970. There's not too much about that yeah. out there. But I did see the Pittsburgh won a coin toss to get the first pick. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Came down between them and Chicago. Yeah, wow. yeah. Terry Bradshaw could have been a bear. Well, Terry Bradshaw's numbers are very bad. If you look at them, they're not good. Uh, it's I, I'll never understand why he's in the Hall of Fame. Four uh, Super Bowls on the back of a defense. Uh, uh, he wasn't dog shit awful. He wasn't fucking Nathan Peterman, but no lot tech player has ever gone number one overall before or since. Yep, I was just shitting on his pro numbers, but. His college numbers weren't good. And I again, I realize the game's changed a lot. Quarterbacks weren't thrown for a lot of yards back then. I think back in the day, it was just, okay, who's got the strongest arm? <laughs> who's got the most upside? And Terry is 6'4". He could throw the ball 80 yards, hung over. So, sure. Well, actually, uh, NFL quarterbacks were picked by their future broadcasting capabilities. So knowing oh, that he could yeah, one day yeah. be on the Fox NFL Sunday crew gathered him that first round pick. Also the first quarterback in history to get a negative one on the wonder leg. <laughs> <laughs> he misspelled his own name. It was very <laughs> embarrassing. It was very tragic. <laughs> Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And tech definitely did not die, or at least the men definitely did not die at home this week, easily defeating UTEP and New Mexico State. Yeah, and the one game against New Mexico State was the first game I ever uh, watched with uh, Leah, ever. Nice. Um, we watched briefly on ESPN Plus because uh, Julie was at a, a pop-up with her business, and Lee and I were hanging out and watched the game a little bit. She got bored incredibly quickly. Um, <laughs> and we only caught just the tail end of it. But it was the first time she's ever witnessed, either in person or on television, a Louisiana Tech athletic victory in any nice. sport. And nice. now the seal has been broken, and she will never watch Tech lose again. Yeah, she's going to watch every game from now on, right? Yeah. Sure. I'll <laughs> I'll, uh, I'll see to that. But it was... Uh, the New Mexico State game, I know we'll start with Utah, but the New Mexico State game was my favorite of these two, and I'll kind of get into why a little bit later. Yeah, it was definitely a bit less close yeah. of a match. But yeah, the Miners came to the tack on Thursday night where the Bulldogs defeated UTEP 68-54. to Yeah, this was a uh, kind of a rough game to watch, honestly. I mean, it's a double-digit victory in the end, but the Bulldogs, they just would not stop turning the ball over pretty much the entire game. Which that was UTEP's kind of playbook for beating us. They they were number two in the nation enforcing uh, turnovers, right? Yeah. Now they're Is number that, one. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Tech for making them number one, I guess. But yeah. um, but I mean, even towards the end when we were building out to a lead, we were still kind of turning the ball over a lot. But you know, we were up twelve, sixteen points, so it didn't really matter that much. But kind of just a weird game to watch because it was ugly at times. It was. It was, yeah. but can't be too upset. Yeah, of yeah. course. You can't be too upset. I mean, there's always going to be things you, you can find that you hope to improve. I mean, we'll play them again, I believe. If not before the end of the year, then come conference time, we may end up matching up against 
the miners. We do travel to El Paso later in the year on Thursday, February 22nd. So hopefully that's something we're able to control a little bit better with our turnovers. Again, 18 by the Bulldogs on Thursday. That led to 14 UTEP points. Thanks, Kane McGuire, for, for doing that math for me. Again, this is a 14-point victory by the Bulldogs, but it could have been a 28-point victory had we kept better care of the ball. Yeah, and I mean, that 14 points off 18 turnovers is not a very impressive it number if I'm a UTEP fan. No. Because, you know, 14 total points is probably seven buckets, right? Maybe a, maybe a three, so maybe even maybe six buckets. I don't know, but yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, we talk about the shooting numbers now then, right? We talk about how bad UTEP was shooting the basketball. 15 of 44 from two, three of 17 from three. That's 34% yeah. and seven or 18% respectively. So <laughs> yeah, you're not going to win many games on the road with 34% from the field. Yeah. Or with, I guess, I don't even know what the percentage is if you combine those, but making 18 of your 51, 61 Man. shots. Maybe if La Cordon yeah. Bleu fills a basketball team. Yeah. And I mean, you look at the. The two-pointers attempted here, uh, UTEP attempted 44. Tech only attempted 30, but we made the same amount of two-pointers. Yeah, um, so, so they got 14 more looks at it from inside, you know, and Tech out-rebounds them too. So that's just kind of an interesting um, stat that they had that many more shot attempts than we did. And <laughs> I guess we made more of our shots, right? That's that's what, what matters. We shot How basketball works. Yeah, we shot 50% from two and 43% from three. So you'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, and a couple guys had a pretty huge night individually as well for the Bulldogs. Bacho came pretty close, honestly, to a triple-double. 19 points, 12 rebounds, seven blocks. Seven blocks. (laughs) Yeah, he was pooping on people. My man was out here playing volleyball. Like, he was spiking the ball out of bounds. It was awesome. We should put him on the volleyball team. Yeah. I don't think we have men's volleyball, but if yeah. we did. <laughs> yeah, the other <laughs> the other Bulldog that had a huge night, Chavez. 10 of his 18 points. 18 points is quite a bit by him. 10 of those came in the final seven minutes, and that's where Tech really started to pull away, with, especially with his three ball. Yeah, I mean, Chavez definitely had a great night. And, you know, Bacho, just to add one more thing on him, he... He was five for seven from the field, but then he was also nine for 11 from the free throw line. So, you know, just a, just an all around great night where no matter what UTEP tried to do, like if they, you know, if they didn't defend him hard, then he was making his shots at the rim. And if they, if they sent him to the line, he was, you know, getting the job done there as well. So not much you can do, especially we talked about last week, how like Bacho's taller than everyone on their team by like a good two inches on their big. And then, yeah. Yeah, and then the you know three or four inches on everyone else who played significant uh, minutes. Yeah, so closer than it maybe should have been considering those shooting numbers, but turnovers are something we are going to have to get under control, especially with who comes up this week. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about the game that Matt has been dying to talk about: New Mexico Hi. State. Yeah, me dying, dying to dying. talk about. It. Yeah. Uh, I didn't oversell that at all. No. Um. <laughs> It happened all the way at the end, but uh, I'm really just here to talk about uh, Crawford's block. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I just I just watched it again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> kind of reminds me of what LeBron James likes to do, where he he paces he trails himself behind, behind he yeah. trails and he paces himself behind. He waits for the moment that the offensive player goes up to uh, make an easy layup or you know hurry up and dunk it or whatever. And Crawford's trailing him, jumps up and just swats the shit out of it off the backboard. 
concerned. I mean, but even like the athleticism, like he's pretty far behind it and he kind of jumps early, but I, what is the rule? You have to wait for it to touch the backboard before you can block it. Is that how it works? It or can't it's goaltending? It can't be coming down. That's right. Like yeah. after the arc of the shot. Right. Okay. So after it hits rim and not above the basket or it if it's perfect. coming down from the shot. It was pretty much perfectly timed. It was a, uh... It was wonderful. Yeah. And he just kind of like hangs up in the air for an extra second to be able to be in the position to swat that. It, it's really, really impressive. Yeah. And this is, you know, this is a game we're leading by 17 points with three minutes left. So like if he just kind of like took this play off and let the guy score on the, you know, on the breakaway, like I'm not mad at him, yeah. but no, he, he's, uh, he wants to stay number two in the conference in blocks. I think, uh, is, yeah, is what's going on here ended that man's whole career like super hot fire it was great yeah isaiah crawford also 25 points in this game eight rebounds um that one block one steal bacho you know not quite as good of a night from um an offensive perspective he only has 12 points but he did have 15 rebounds in this game (laughs) so (laughs) i mean you can't you can't really fault him for that um and it's really a nice game from the bench as well jordan crawford 10 points uh, Devin Ree getting 11 points as well. So when he gets going, when Devin Ree gets going from three, like it is nice to have that, you know, sort of deep in the in the rotation off the bench. They were really the, him and Jordan Crawford were really the only things going for the Bulldogs early. I mean, we won this game by 20 points, but this offense was just so cold early. It felt like it was a matter of time thing, but these two guys coming off the bench really provided that spark. Yeah, and I've been more impressed with Jordan Crawford's like ball handling abilities in the last few games because I don't remember which game it was, maybe the Liberty game, but whenever he was on the court as the point guard, he was getting trapped like a like a two man trap at the um, half court line, and it was clearly like getting in his head. He wasn't able to make the pass quickly enough. But he has he has really been working on that, and like the last few games, other teams have seen that tape, so they're trying to emulate that. But he's been able to break that press with either a quick pass or like just being able to dribble out of it. So um, this past game, he was doing a really good job of either finding an open man. He had two assists, or like he drove the he drove the lane a couple times as well when somebody like tried to trap him up high. That that makes that gets the defender out of position in the lane. So that allows him to kind of cut in. And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's good coaching or just good awareness by the player, but probably both. But I, I've been impressed by his game the last couple, couple weeks. Yeah. I wasn't too sure what to expect from him because I know in his rookie season, his freshman year, uh, he really, really impressed. And then it felt like he kind of took a back, either a back step or a background role uh, more so this year. So to see him, yeah, you know, come out and be effective off the bench, and he's still there. He's still a weapon we can use if we need him, and it was we were pretty fortunate to have him on Saturday. Yeah, and it's been really interesting to see, like in certain um, game scenarios, like Hester has put Sean Newman and Jordan Crawford in the game at the same time. I think that's been used in situations where, like, the other team might be considering a like a either a half court or full court press. And it gives you two point guard, uh, point guard like ball handlers on the floor at a time, and so you can't really trap like the one point guard because you just pass it to the other point guard, and you know they're able to to uh, dish it and make a play. So, um, looking at the Ken Palm numbers, that lineup: Newman, Crawford, Isaiah Crawford, 
Mangum and uh, Bacho is only on the floor for two percent of our season, but I think it's been lately that it's uh, that it's been happening. Yeah. Uh, and Crawford plays at the three sometimes as well. Interesting. A Jordan Crawford. So uh, that one's twelve percent of the time. So anyway. And so with this win over New Mexico State, Tech picked up their 15th win, and it was still January Mm. when they did so. Their 15th win last year came in the conference tournament against FIU (sighs) on March 8th, their last win of the year. That's that's crazy. Progress. Yeah, for sure. I also want to, before we jump into previewing uh, the FIU game here, Tech right now stands at first place in offensive efficiency in Conference USA and first place in defensive efficiency in Conference USA. Oh. Um, it can't be much better than that, right? I mean, <laughs> that's that's pretty good. Yeah. Of course, number one ranked in Conference USA because of that with a 78 rating or ranking right now in Ken Palm. I'm trying to find where the next highest is right now. It's Liberty it's- at like 102. Yeah, quite a big step between number one and number two there. And luckily, Tech is number one. Season is not over, right? I mean, we still have all February and some of March to play before we decide who gets to go to the big dance. And so Tech still has some winning to do, and hopefully they'll be able to keep that up in Miami this week as they take on the Panthers FFIU. The Panthers this year are not very good. Number 271 in Kempom, 7-14 and 14 on the year, 2-4 and four in conference. Those two wins coming at home, the four losses on the road, but, I mean, Tech is going to play them at their home, so they've yet to lose in conference at the Ocean Bank Convocation Center. Yeah, their highest rank win on the season is uh, number 203 UTEP at home like three weeks ago. So, I don't know. I mean, not scary from a record or a rating perspective, but, I mean, let's dive into some numbers here and, and you know, maybe they're scarier if we dive into numbers. I don't know. Yeah, numbers can be scary for a lot of people. That's true. Maybe these numbers will be especially scary. I am very scared. (laughs) Well, on offense, the Panthers are below average offensively, but their shooting has picked up a little bit in Conference USA play, especially the three-point shooting. On the year, they're 33.3% from the three-point line. That's a lot of threes, so I apologize if three is the number that scares you. Luckily, this (laughs) next figure only has one three. They've improved to 38.1% from three. That doesn't sound like a lot of a difference, but they became one of the top three-point shootings in Conference USA in this small sample size of these past five or six games. Um, they're one of the most three-happy teams in Conference USA, too, so that, I think, is what scares me more, is if they are remaining hot going into this game and like to shoot them a lot, then we may not really have an answer for you know outside scoring. Yeah, and that's been something that like Tech has struggled with at least before conference play right we were kind of struggling to defend the three against you know some of the the out of conference opponents but yeah, i mean in conference play our three-point defense has been first in the conference so um quite a disparity there it's about 10 percentage points difference between fiu's in conference three-point percentage and our three-point defense in conference so um something's got to give there you know, looking across the rest of their offensive numbers, like nothing really too impressive. They're middle of the pack in NCAA in terms of two point percentage. They're sort of, you know, middle of the pack in effective field goal percentage overall. They turn the ball over quite a bit, um, 321st in that um, category. But 
I mean, one thing that I did want to point out is uh, from Coach Hester's press conference today, he said basically that they are the complete opposite of UTEP and New Mexico State. Um, the teams we just played last week are very like methodical. They're they're going to press. They're going to um, take the clock down into the shot clock before they take a shot. FIU is the complete opposite. They like to play fast. They're going to push the pace. Um, and I looked into the numbers. Shout out to Nathan's um, hoop math, which he told me about last yeah. week. To be clear, it's not my site. I just let you know about it. No, Nathan did all the math for all of the <laughs> basketball teams um, mm-hmm. himself. Yep. No computers involved at all. Uh-uh. By hand. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, by hand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, has a, he has a giant whiteboard. I yeah. used an abacus. He's <laughs> <laughs> a fucking abacus. <laughs> So 32% of FIU's uh, possessions have a shot in transition. So that means within 10 seconds of the shot clock starting, they take a shot on 32% of their possessions. That is in the top like quarter of NCAA. Also, their effective field goal percentage goes up a lot when they take shots early in the shot clock. So they're going to try to outrun us basically is going to be their goal. And the way that they do that is they've got a really good uh, player named Arturo Dean, but we'll talk about him in a, in a minute. Yeah, because I want to talk about something on defense. You mentioned that FIU is nothing like UTEP and New Mexico State when it comes to their offense. But defensively, they're pretty similar to UTEP, especially in this one regard. They force a lot of turnovers. UTEP right now is number one in the nation at forcing turnovers. FIU is number four. Uh, wow, that is a quick turnaround to try to improve our turnover, whatever the opposite of ability is. Uh, we'll see how we are able to, you know, fight back from that. Hopefully it becomes an emphasis in practice and something that won't happen in Miami. That said, that's basically the one place where they do excel uh, as a defense. They are the fourth worst shooting defense by effective field goal percentage in the nation, especially on three point shooting. They are the third worst three point defense in the nation. And they're also bottom 15 in defensive rebounds. So yeah, forcing turnovers is pretty much all they got. But like how we saw in that UTEP game, that can be enough to keep you in a game you have no business being in. Yeah. I mean, defensively, I think obviously the scariest thing is the turnover ratio. That's got to be FIU's only path to victory here really is just forcing turnovers and then doing what UTEP couldn't do and scoring on the turnovers. Right. So you know, if we end up with 18 turnovers and they're scoring like 32 points off them, that's pretty tough to overcome, right? Right. But, you know, hopefully we can clean it up a little bit and slow their pace also because they, like I said, they really like to play with uh, with tempo. 48th in that metric on Ken Palm as well. So let's go to some players to watch for this game. Evan, I know you almost shouted him out earlier, but who's the player you have to watch? Yeah, their point guard, Arturo Dean. He is kind of the the guy to watch both offensively and defensively. Main thing that is terrifying is he is number one in the entire NCAA in steals or steal percentage on Ken Palm. So 7.1%. And I guess, is that of like opponent possessions or how does that that, work? That is, I looked that up a second ago just to make sure. So 7.1% of the time the opponent has the ball and is and crosses half court. Basically he gets a steal if he's on the court. That is Uh, incredible. Fucking Gary Payton in his prime. (laughs) Jesus. I want to see if he's number one in the individual stat for steals. He's got to be right. Yep. He is. (laughs) 
80, oh. 81 steals. 81 steals in 21 games. The next highest in all of college basketball is 64. That's absurd. And like, you know, after that, it drops down into the 40s. Like, number 14 is Eric Gaines at UAB with 49. So he's got almost double (laughs) the guys who are like in the top 15 with him. Incredible. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'll pick a guy to watch in this game that's more known on the defensive side of the ball, Seth Pinckney. He's a decent shooter. He doesn't take a lot of shots, though. He is, I guess, second in the nation in two-point percentage, but has only shot the ball 43 times compared to Arthur O'Dean's 195 two-point shots. So doesn't mean much. But really where I want to point to him is his block percentage. Uh, this guy is the starting five, and his block percentage is 7.8, which is the same sort of stat. 7.8% of the time a shot is taken while he's on the court, he blocks it. That's 55th best in the nation, and Tech played against FIU three times last year, and he picked up five blocks in those three games. We'll see how he's able to do against, you know, our big now. I think Bacho is better, but I think he may give Bacho, you know, some stress down low. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, offensively too, Arturo Dean is kind of the guy. He takes most of their shots. He's involved in 30% of their possessions, takes 28% of all shots on the team, um, and he's not like the, the top guy in terms of like shooting percentage, but he is the top in their effective field goal percent with, uh, 40, 45%. And, you know, looking into the hoop math stuff, like he takes a, a bulk of his shots at the rim. So tech's going to need to do a pretty good job of dealing with him, but he, he sort of leads that category. He also leads them in two point J's. The only category he's not in first in is three-point attempts and makes, which is where Javante Hawkins comes into play. But Arturo Dean's the guy to, to lock up for the entire game on both sides of the ball. Absolutely. And we'll make our predictions of whether or not Tech will be able to lock him down in a moment. But first, let's talk about the Lady Texters, because this was <sighs> a rough week for the Lady Texters. Indeed it was. Two brutal close losses on the road. First one to UTEP, 57-61, to a two-point loss and a back-and-forth match. Uh, Tech actually held the lead from pretty early on. I think they went up 2-0 early and never looked back until just into the fourth quarter. That's when they relinquished the lead and they never got it back. That minor hot streak in the fourth quarter, Tech was outscored 19-14, to allowing UTEP to close it up and win 61-57. to Damn. And then Saturday was even more heartbreaking as Tech came back from down 17 to force overtime and then lose in overtime 66 to 64. <sighs> I, I, I mean, what an up and down roller coaster it's been. Just that stretch early in the season where they were just, uh, yeah. I would say, dog shit, uh, texter shit. And then. Uh, <laughs> 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 yeah. Uh, Gotta stay on brand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So then they went on this winning streak for a little while, and then it's kind of just been this up and down roller coaster, and now it's kind of back down to the doldrums. Yeah, and it's hard to win on the road. I mean, the men have proven this, even though they're a much better team. But still, it's just these two games were predicted to be close, and they were. We just came up on the wrong side of the coin for both of them. Really, what didn't help in this one was going down, you know, 17 points at one point. In fact, early on, New Mexico State just couldn't miss. They made their first five shots, and Tech could not find the scoreboard, and the Aggies were up 12 nothing 
that quickly. The fact they were able to come back at all was pretty impressive. And they just weren't able to score that extra point to win the game in regulation. And then they fell behind again in overtime, only by five points this time. But they were only able to scrape back four to close the match to one. And then eventually they lost by two. So they kept fighting. They kept digging. They kept doing whatever they could. But it just wasn't enough on the road in New Mexico. Yeah, uh, I I don't. I, it's better to just do a full diagnosis of what's wrong with the team later on in the year. But I can't say that any of this is surprising. And then this week, though, the Texters have a pretty good shot to get back on track. They face FIU this time at home and while the men are on the road in Miami. The Texters are given a 67% chance to win this game, 68-62 to 62 final score predicted. Um, typically, we don't go through the schedules of the Texters opponents just because by the end of the show, we've already kind of done that bit. But I do want to mention the fact that Florida International women's basketball opened up the season against Florida National. <laughs> uh, Is that allowed? They're the Conquistadors. Oh. I'm even more confused. And the Panthers won 113 to 30. Wow, they did not they did not <laughs> conquistador, did they? They did not. They did not <laughs> do the thing normally associated with conquistador. <laughs> they were conquistador themselves. Yeah, well, uh brutal. Just brutal. The Conquistadors lost three games this year where the opponent scored 100 points against Florida International, a school called Kaiser. And finally, apparently just, just a Michael guy named Kaiser, Michael Kaiser. And then finally, just a guy oh. named Barry. The school's wow. just called Barry. The Barry Buccaneers. The Barry Buccaneers and yeah. the Florida National. Are we sure this isn't like an insurance company? I, I, honestly, I'm not. So all I know is they're on their schedule and they won 113 to 30 something. So yeah. Anyway, the Texters will face the team that dropped 113 on Florida national. That being Florida international this week. God, imagine trying to be the announcer for that game. My God. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be awful. Yeah. But we're not quite done yet. We still have some other sports to talk about. Um, Evan, any that you've been looking at? Uh, yeah. Uh, men's golf finished in ninth at the Sea Best Invitational at Sawgrass, and a golfer named Mackie Pataha Pataja. Pat- I like Pataha. Pataha. He finished fifth um, individually, so that's pretty good at, out of the whole field. Um, women's tennis improved to four and two in the spring season after beating Louisiana Christian in two matches this past weekend. The bowling team had a fifth place finish in the Prairie View Invitational. So in their final Baker match, I guess they had at the front 11 strikes and had a 10 pin stay up to stop them from the 300. Oh man, if you're a bowler that, uh, that just gave you heart problems but um the 10 pin uh stayed up and kept them from perfection in the last game but uh fifth place finish here i'm not sure where they stand in the national standings right now we'll have to look into that for next week the the track team was in action as well we had a um a strong run by julian ford in the 60 meter he was the 14th fastest time in the nation this year a 6.62 that sounds fast. He took home the gold and also the top time in Conference USA. We got a bronze medal in the women's 60 meter hurdles with an 8.29. And then um, eight other Bulldogs finished in the top 10 in their respective events. So 
shout out to the track team and then Real i quick believe with the track I've, I've just thought about this we have some you know athletics shortcomings when it comes to money what if we just win enough medals that we can melt them down and sell them and then we can fund the athletic department with the medals that is an interesting plan yeah we should try that we should try it i'm not hearing mad object so obviously it's oh. a great idea <laughs> fair enough yeah, so and then this week upcoming, tennis has a match against LSU Alexandria on the day this comes out, Wednesday the 31st in the afternoon. We'll see if I beat that competition starting for this to be posted and edited. Uh, meanwhile, women's bowling travels to the Columbia 300 Saints invite by Maryville. I'm actually sure where Maryville is, but I'm sure they're having a wonderful time. All happy and merry. <laughs> Damn. Let's see. According to this, Tech is still fourth in the nation in bowling right now okay interesting this is as of last week so not including the prairie view tournament results yeah and so that's all of tech sports for this week so let's go ahead and do the tweet of the week this week's tweet of the week goes to you know we couldn't avoid talking about oh hell yeah i'm sad matt had to drop out now yeah legerius needs excellent work at the goal line preventing the ravens from scoring and possibly sealing this game up Several good edits of that moment went around Twitter, including one that I'm especially proud of. But we're giving this week's tweet of the week to at J underscore underscore Chiefs, who photoshopped in a Super Bowl trophy in the place of the football that Legereus need punched out, saying this yeah, is nasty I mean, work. Yeah. Zay Flowers decided to like taunt the hell out of Sneed after Sneed basically got left on an island you know, covering two guys going deep. So totally not his fault. Um, the cornerback left him out to dry and, uh, he recovered nicely and, you know, was able to stop a wide receiver in the open field from scoring a touchdown. You know, he, he slowed him down enough for his teammates to get there to make the tackle and made the tackle himself, actually, I, I believe. And then Zay flowers, like stood up, spun the ball at him and like stood over him flexing. I believe it was two plays later, Zay Flowers catches the ball wide open, about to dive into the end zone, and out of nowhere, Sneed comes and punches the ball out before it gets into the goal line, uh, before it reaches, breaks the plane. Um, so, you know, just saying, pay Sneed. This man deserves the bag that he is going to get this offseason. Hopefully Absolutely. he gets another he just keeps Super Bowl. Increasing his price. Yeah. Yeah. That he can sell. To fund our athletic department. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's going to be single-handedly, like, the whole football complex is going to be the Legereus Need, you, you know, need, indoor yeah. practice facility. The Legereus Need, like, center for football football research, right? Like, it's it's all all the stuff is going to be, you know, named after Sneed. The L for Louisiana, for LTU for Louisiana Tech University will be replaced with Legereus. So it's Legereus Tech University. It'll be L apostrophe to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Come on. Yeah, I'm surprised that <laughs> hasn't happened already, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but that about wraps it up for this episode of we the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast. We never did predictions. I don't know. We can do predictions. I want to be on the record. I think we're going 2-0. Okay. We're going 2-0? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I hear Matt saying we're going 0-2. Oh, so wow. Weird. That's strange. Yeah. Normally he says verbatim, we're going to win it all. <laughs> we're going to win it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why he's speechless right now. He thinks we're not winning. Yeah. Know, I don't know. He had to drop earlier. If yeah. I hadn't said that already. You know, he was uh, taking care of his child. I mean. Yeah. And 2-0 yeah. feels likely this week. I mean, the Texters are the team I'm more worried about. But Yeah, uh, fair. But at home, they stand a better chance. So, yeah. I'm hoping for a 2-0 week. 
And now that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog, gtpdd.dog, where you can get this month's shirt of the month. This comes out on the 31st. Look at your calendar right now. Is it the 31st? Better buy the January merch of the month. It is a Mardi Gras-themed shirt uh, with the Bulldog all decked out for Mardi Gras. It's also a sweatshirt. Go ahead and get that now while it's $5 off. Are you looking at your calendar right now and it's February 1st or 2nd or 2nd or 2nd or 2nd? Then better go ahead and get whatever this month's merch of the month is and you'll find out more about that. I guess you already have because it's the 1st or 2nd. So check it out. <laughs> slash shop. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. Got the, are they not dead last in effective field goal percentage? I need to stop doing these notes the day before. Yeah, I've got. Isn't aren't there three hundred sixty-two teams? Sixty-three, but still, that's ah. second worst instead of fourth okay. worst. Well, yeah. Anyway, I remember that I number because I was in Cub Scout Troop three six three. Oh, yeah. I was in pack two hundred five. I was in pack two hundred five. Three six three is bigger than two hundred five, so I win. I was in three sixty, so you yeah. also beat me. Yeah. Well, I uh, fuck. <laughs> damn <laughs> ran out of cub scout factoids i guess <laughs> i'm just that rattled <laughs>